Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. So tonight we're concluding our series all by myself, Overcoming Loneliness. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll read verse 10 in just a moment. And tonight's message is actually how to overcome loneliness. How to overcome loneliness. In a sermon from hell towards a theology of loneliness, William Collins writes, To understand the depths of human loneliness, you must first go to hell. Hell is a place of zero communication. Though you may try to get some attention, no, no one will give you even a passing notice. Everyone in hell is alone, he says. You know, have you ever witnessed to people and they say, oh, I want to go to hell. All my friends are going to be there. They don't realize they're not going to have any relationship any relationship with anybody he says everyone in hell is alone he goes on to write the torment of hell then is the torment of loneliness they will never again experience human warmth or kindness the loneliness of hell he asserts is a projective metaphor of human existence to some degree we have all experienced the hell of loneliness not because we necessarily deserved it but because it is a part of our basic sin-fallen human condition. Although the Bible describes the torment of hell as a place of unquenchable fire and brimstone, darkness and unending torment, suffering, weeping, and hopelessness, one of the greatest torments of hell is the loneliness of soul that comes from, first of all, eternal separation from God and from everything that is good, loving, and warm, which includes the care and companionship of human relationship. One pastor said that he overheard a person say in conversation, loneliness is hell. And he said they didn't know that, but they made a very profound theological statement because most of the torments of hell is loneliness. And in this life, it is one of the universal human experiences that causes great anguish, pain, and suffering in our soul. Even Elijah, a great man of faith and prophet of God, experienced the hell of loneliness. We pick up the story in 1 Kings 19 where we find Elijah fleeing from wicked Queen Jezebel. Do you remember why he was running for his life? Amen. Ahab, king of Israel, married wicked Queen Jezebel. She was the daughter of an idolatrous priest from the region of Tyre and Sidon, and they created an unholy alliance that led Israel down the path of idolatry and immorality. Through Jezebel's influence, the nation fell into such spiritual darkness that through the prophet Elijah, God pronounced the judgment of three and a half years of severe drought and famine. At the end of three and a half years, God sends Elijah to King Ahab, challenging him to bring all the Israelites and all the false prophets of Baal and Asherah together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah alone would represent Yahweh or Jehovah. He alone would represent the one true God of Israel in a showdown. On Mount Carmel, he asked the people, how long will you waver between two opinions? 
If Yahweh is God, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. None of the people answered. Next, Elijah called for two bulls to be prepared as a sacrifice, and he placed them on altars of wood. In 1 Kings 18.24, he tells the, the, um, the false prophets that are there, you call on the name of your God, I will call on the name of my God, and the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. So he allowed the false prophets to go first. And the Bible tells us that from morning to evening, they danced and they shouted and they called on Baal to answer, but there was no response. Then Elijah saturated his sacrifice with water and filled a trench around it with water. And then he prayed a short prayer that God would send fire from heaven and prove to everybody that he's the true God. And sure enough, what happened? Fire fell from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, and licked up all the water in the trench. The people fell down, and they worshiped God. And Elijah had the 850 false prophets killed. And then he prays for the restoration of rain, and the rain begins to pour. What an incredible spiritual victory. But when the news gets back to wicked Queen Jezebel, she is enraged and she sends a messenger to Elijah telling him by the same time tomorrow she will kill him just as he had done to all of her false prophets how did this great man of faith and power respond after this tremendous mountaintop experience this great spiritual victory how did he respond Suddenly, he's filled with fear and hopelessness, and he immediately takes off running for his life. After facing down 850 angry false prophets and defeating them, he ran from the threat of one woman. Elijah became so depressed that he threw himself under a tree and cried out to God, I've had enough, Lord. Just take my life. I'm no better than my fathers, the, the ones who are in the grave is basically the implication. And, and you might be thinking, how could such a great man of faith who had such an incredible miracle, who experienced such a powerful victory on the mountaintop just hours before, reach such a low point in life that he is crying out to God saying, God, I've had enough. I can't take anymore. I want to die. Just take my life. But the truth is, that Elijah's story is a warning to all of us. That if such a great man of God could come to that point, it can happen to any of us as well. None of us is exempt. And for that reason, we need to understand how Elijah got to that point and how he overcame it. So what caused Elijah's soul to sink to such a dark and hopeless place after such a wonderful spiritual victory? Verse 10 gives us the answer. Verse 10 gives us the answer. We're going to read that in just a moment. But God sends an angel. When Elijah first throws himself under the tree and says, I want to die, God sends an angel to minister to Elijah, and the angel even cooks for him and feeds him. I'm waiting for that angel to show up in my house so I don't have to cook anymore. Amen. I hope the angel knows how to cook vegan. Amen. 
But anyway, he feeds him, he gives him water, and he, makes, he lets him rest. He tells him to take his rest. And then the angel comes a second time and does the same thing and then tells him get up and eat for the journey is too much for you so he got up and he ate and he drank and strengthened by the food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Oreb the mountain of God and there he went into a cave and he spent the night and there in the cave suddenly the Lord speaks and says what are you doing here Elijah because God didn't call Elijah to cave ministry. <laughs> Elijah's hiding out in the cave. He's depressed, he's full of fear, and he's hiding out in the cave. And verse 10 reveals to us what led Elijah down the path of depression and not wanting to live. Read with me, if you will, verse 10. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. But I want you to focus on those words. I am the only one left. The New King James Version says, I alone am left. You can almost see the devil plotting. If I can't get Jezebel to kill him, then perhaps I can just destroy him through loneliness, making him feel so depressed and hopeless that he doesn't want to live anymore. And the devil's strategy seems to be working because Elijah is trapped in the depression and fear of loneliness. I, only I, am left. You know, I read a funny story about a guy who went to a psychiatrist and said, Doc, I want you to give me a split personality. The doctor was shocked and asked why. The man said, so that I'll have somebody to talk to. Some of us may feel that way. Some of us may actually talk to ourselves. The real problem comes when we start answering ourselves. No, just kidding, just kidding. But, you know, even though we really need time alone, all of us need time alone to refocus and recharge and reconnect with God, none of us likes an aloneness that is imposed upon us and is not our choice. Maybe some of you here today or some listening online, you're feeling like Elijah and you're feeling like, God, I am all alone here. Today, we're going to get help from God's word as we discover how to overcome loneliness. As we have seen in some of our prior messages, if you missed any of the previous messages, please go online to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and, and you can catch them there. But we've seen in our prior messages that loneliness is not merely being alone. You can be alone without being lonely. Just as you can be lonely without being alone. You can be surrounded by people and, and be lonely. Loneliness is a feeling of being isolated or cut off from others, a deep feeling of sadness that fills our soul when we feel like we are alone in the world, that we don't have anyone who cares. Like we looked last week at, at the Psalm of David where he says, no one cares for my soul. He, he didn't have anyone there. There was no one concerned or, uh, about what was happening in his life. And, and we might feel that way at times. Social psychologists describe loneliness as the gap between social connections that you would like to have and those that you feel you experience. It's a state of mind 
that is characterized by feeling unwanted, unneeded, empty, and cut off from other human beings. And we all have a basic psychological need to love and to be loved, to have someone who understands us and knows how we feel, to feel wanted and to feel needed. We all have that basic need. And when these needs are unmet, that's when we experience loneliness. So what do we do? How do we overcome loneliness? We find the answers in Elijah in his story in this chapter. First of all, we need to understand three facts about loneliness. First of all, loneliness is universal. Loneliness isolates us, making us feel as if we're the only person in the world that is experiencing this. It isolates us, just like Elijah in the cave saying, I, only I, am left. So we feel like we're the only one that feels lonely. But you know what? Everybody experiences loneliness. In fact, in one of our previous messages, we talked about a study that shows that three in five Americans experience chronic loneliness. That's experiencing loneliness on a regular basis. Three in five people. That doesn't sound like I'm the only person feeling this way. Amen? Three out of five people know exactly what you're going through. Even spiritual people feel lonely. We read it in the Bible. People like Moses, we just read it about Elijah, Paul when he was in prison and he said, all men have forsaken me and even Jesus at times in the garden of Gethsemane, in the moment of his greatest need, he took his three closest disciples with him and said, watch and pray with me. And he came back to them three times. And what did he find them doing? Sleeping. And so there he was all alone in the time of his greatest need. But what I want you to understand is that you are not alone in your loneliness and you're not unspiritual because you feel lonely. Elijah was a man of God and God would show him that he was not alone. He might have felt lonely, but he was not alone. The second truth I want us to see is loneliness can be unhealthy. In fact, studies show that it increases the risk of mental health problems like depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, sleep disturbance, stress, and even suicidal thoughts. And you know what? The age group that is experiencing the highest levels of loneliness right now are people that are in their late teens and their 20s. It used to be an old people's problem. But now, the majority or the greatest number of people that are experiencing loneliness are young people, and they're experiencing a lot of the things we just described, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, sleep disturbance, etc. Elijah was experiencing depression, anxiety, and a desire not to live anymore. But God sent an angel two times to minister to him, and then God himself came and spoke to Elijah. So I want you to be encouraged to know that God cares about how you're feeling. God cares about you when you feel lonely. And I want you to look for ways in which he is making his love and care known to you. You see, he sent an angel twice to minister to um to Elisha to cook a meal for him and to tell him you need to get some rest. Well, God might not send us an angel with wings, but he might send us another person who will reach out to us 
and encourage us in those moments or do something kind for us to make us know that God is there, that God cares about us, that God loves us. Are you following me? So look for ways that, that God is making his love and care known to you. Third truth about loneliness, loneliness can be overcome. Jesus died alone on the cross so that we would never have to be alone through his death. He conquered lostness and he conquered loneliness. In John 14, 15 through 17, he assures us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to be with you. How long? Forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Folks, we have a constant companion, the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, making God's presence real to us and near to us all the time. And just as God came to Elijah in his loneliness and helped lead him out of the dark cave of isolation, God is speaking to us tonight to help us overcome the hold of loneliness on our lives. Now, the second principle I want us to see, we need to understand three factors that lead to loneliness. Loneliness is caused by a lack of fellowship. Duh, you might say. But for three and a half years, Elijah had been hiding in caves alone. Why? Because during the three and a half years of severe drought and famine, Ahab and Jezebel blamed Elijah. Instead of recognizing that it was God's judgment for their idolatry and sin, they said, the problem is the prophet. The problem is Elijah, and we need to kill him. And they killed many of the prophets of God in their pursuit of Elijah. And no doubt, many of those prophets were Elijah's friends and companions. So Elijah had been hiding in caves for three and a half years. What does that mean? Elijah had been cut off from human relationship for much of three and a half years. He had just come out of hiding, seen the great miracle of God sending fire from heaven and had the 850 false prophets killed. Elijah probably thought things are gonna be different now. Maybe he hoped, you know what? I can go back to life as normal. I can be in community with God's people. I don't have to be in hiding anymore. And then he got Jezebel's message, a threat that in the next 24 hours, she was gonna take his life. And guess what? Elijah had to take off running and go into hiding again. And because for three and a half years already, he had been isolated and hiding in caves, he had no sense of belonging, no attachments, no deep relational connections. He felt so alone that he wanted to die. I read a report that says that this pervasive loneliness in America is connected to the fact that 57% of Americans say that they have no close friends. 57%, and that tracks with three out of five. 57% of Americans say they have no close friends, and they report feeling lonely at least one to two times a week. That's very regular, to be feeling lonely. Elijah had such a profound sense of loneliness that he ended up in a cave wanting 
to die. And you may identify with how Elijah was feeling in the cave. I, only I, remain. I'm alone. I'm uncared for. And I've lost all hope. That's how Elijah was feeling. But what we also see is loneliness is experienced when faith gives way to fear. On the mountain, Elijah was filled with faith. But when he heard Jezebel's threat, fear filled his heart. And you can't have faith and fear at the same time. And the enemy will often attack after a great mountaintop experience. Why? Because our, our, our um, defenses are down. And we're vulnerable. And we're just rejoicing in that victory. And the enemy attacks. And he does something that fills your heart with fear about whatever you're facing in life. And he makes you feel as though God has abandoned you. And no one understands or no one cares. I read a, a story about one pastor who shared that through the many years of ministry that he served, he came to dread Mondays. Because after the great victories of Sunday, he knew the enemy was going to attack on Monday morning. My previous pastor where I served as an associate in Miami, um, he was there at that church for 30 years. And um, he said that he and his wife practiced packing and leaving Miami every Monday morning. <laughs> Mondays can be tough for preachers, amen? But fear makes any challenge feel overwhelming. Faith helps us to overcome whatever challenges we may face. But loneliness is experienced when faith gives way to fear. Thirdly, loneliness is caused by a wrong focus. On the mountaintop, Elijah's focus was upward. God, you are the only true God. God, I know that you answer prayer. Send fire from heaven now and show everybody that you alone are God. His focus was upward. When our focus is upward, we are strengthened and empowered. But when our focus is inward, we feel weak, defeated, and alone. So what's the answer? This is what we've been uh, moving towards. We need to take three steps of faith to overcome loneliness. First, refocus your mind. When loneliness has grasped your heart, it is a sign that we need to focus back on God. After Elijah said, I alone am left, in verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. So that's what Elijah did. And the scripture says there was an earthquake, there was a great wind, and there was a fire. But God was not in any of those things. Then God spoke in a gentle whisper, and Elijah heard. I want you to notice something, though. God didn't wait for Elijah to come out of the cave. He was there with him in the darkness of the cave, calling him to come out of the cave. God comes to us and speaks to us in our loneliness. But we need to pay attention to hear what he's saying because oftentimes God's voice is just a gentle whisper. Sometimes we're looking for God to come to us in a loud, spectacular way, like an earthquake or, or, or a strong wind or, 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 or fire. But the Bible says God wasn't in any of those things. Now, God had spoken that way in time past. But most often when God speaks to us, God speaks to us 
in a gentle whisper. And if we're not careful, we may miss it and not hear what God is saying. So you really need to focus on God to hear his voice. When God whispers, it's God saying, lean in, come close. I have something to say to you and you don't want to miss it. That gentle whisper is a reminder that we are not alone. God is with us. He cares for us. He's not finished with us. Our life is not unnecessary, and the threats of the enemy will not prevail against us because God is with us. He still has a purpose and a work for us to do. Aren't you grateful that the Lord pursues us in the caves of our loneliness and depression and doesn't wait for us to come to him? Amen? So lean in, focus, and hear the whispers of his love and assurance and let his whispers sink deep into your soul. God repeatedly says in scripture, I will never leave you nor abandon you. In John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. In Isaiah 43, 5, he says, do not fear for I am with you. This is the repeated promise of scripture. And Elijah was freed from the hold of loneliness by getting his focus back on God. We can have a pity party. Elijah was having a pity party in the cave. Oh, woe is me, poor me. I'm the only one left that serves God and has not bowed my knee to the idol. We can have a pity party and we'll just sink deeper and deeper in depression and loneliness. But if we refocus on God, that's how we are freed from loneliness, fear, and depression. The second thing we need to do to overcome loneliness, re-engage in the work of the Lord. Look at verses 15 and 16. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. You're running away, but go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. You are to anoint Jehu son of Nimshi as king over Israel and Elisha son of Shaphat from Abelomala as prophet in your place. God was saying to Elijah, I have a work for you to do. My plan for you is not finished. Get back out there and do what I've called you to do. And in verse 19, it says, so Elijah went. Folks, one of the ways to overcome loneliness is to re-engage in the work of the Lord. God has a work for each and every one of us to do. And sometimes, you know, uh, we go through things in life, and the first thing we do is we throw in the towel and give up what it is that God has called us to do. And then we sink deeper and deeper into depression, fear, and loneliness. And don't use your age, your health, or your circumstances as an excuse. Lonely people are disengaged people who have no sense of purpose. God has something for you to do. Find it and do it. If you can't get out of your house because you're immobile or because you, you, you can't drive, whatever, pick up a phone and call somebody every day, encourage them and pray for them because in the end, the person that's going to be encouraged is you. So everybody can find something to do. God has something for you to do. God says, get back out there and do it. Amen. 
Thirdly, reconnect with the people of God. That's how Elijah was freed from the cave of loneliness. Verses 18 and 20. Yet I reserve 7,000 men in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pier. Pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after him. So first of all, I want you to see something. Elijah said, I only I am left who has not bowed my knee to the idols. And God said, uh-uh, you're not alone. I still have 7,000 who have not bowed their knee. That's, that's the fellowship of the saints, folks. Those are the faithful ones of God. So God is saying, you're not the only one who has remained faithful. I have a faithful remnant, and you need to go and link up with them. Folks, we have a body of Christ. We have a family of God. If we are lonely, it's because we choose to be lonely, because we are not connecting with the body of Christ. And we try to give plenty of opportunities outside of the Sunday service for people to connect and, and build relationships, whether it's a women's ministry or it's a senior ministry or it's a youth event or a young adults event or whatever it might be. We give those opportunities to be able to sit down across from someone face to face. Because let me just be honest, you're not gonna build relationships with anybody staring into the back of their neck in a service. Hallelujah. Our relationships are built face to face. So when we have a fellowship and we sit down face to face and we have time to talk, that's how we start to build relationships, right? Amen. So we need to, to do what God told Elijah to do. I still have 7,000 faithful ones. Go and link up with them. And then God sends him to anoint Elijah as the next prophet, the one who would succeed him. But before Elijah succeeds him, Elisha would become his friend, his companion, and co-labor in ministry for several years. God is telling us that the cure to loneliness is to get reconnected with his people, to reach out, to initiate relationship. God sent Elijah to Elisha. He said, you go and initiate and build relationship. Just like Elisha, who said, I will go with you, there are people waiting to be your friend and walk this journey together with you. But you just got to take that step of faith in obedience to God and go connect with them. And you'd be surprised how they'll respond to you. Amen. You may feel lonely today, but let me tell you, there is hope. And that hope is centered around the Lord who loves you and wants to set you free from your cave of loneliness. And he's speaking to you tonight. He's calling you out of that cave. And he's saying, refocus your heart on me, re-engage in the work that I have for you and reconnect with my people. And you will overcome loneliness. Those are the three steps that we need to take. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, it's not your will or your desire for any of us to be lonely and to walk this journey alone. We thank you for the wonderful blessing and gift of the family of God, the church. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to build God-honoring relationships that will go with us through a lifetime, Lord and that we can serve you together. Father, we thank you that the greatest 
key to overcoming loneliness is being filled with you. So help us to refocus our eyes from our circumstances, from our problems, from our feelings, and focus on you. Help us to re-engage in the work that you have for us, to, to discover the purpose that you have for our lives, because in doing that, we find fulfillment and satisfaction. And help us to connect in relationship with one another, Lord God, so that we can build those wonderful, edifying relationships within the body of Christ that will walk this journey of faith together with us throughout this life. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of your word. Help us to apply it and to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will see you on Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.